Well, if you had to guess how many sins you've committed in a lifetime, what would your answer be? I'll give you the number one answer that people give here in a moment. We're starting today to look at some things that are going to be very pertinent to anybody looking to have healthy relationships or just be healthy yourself spiritually and emotionally. We're going to look today in the next few weeks at some material Tony Robbins put together, Chloe Madonna's put together, the Paces put together, and some thanks today by John Rieger, a counselor in working mostly in marriage and with individuals facing you know, depression, things like that. We're going to look at these to see some principles. Hopefully you'll find one or two distinctions that you can take today and each week put into practice and see real change in your life as we move into this time of year where things get chaotic for many people. Many have complicated relationships. We're going to find real answers for that. For instance, here's John Rieger. He was asked to go visit a man. This man is dying of cancer. Here's what he says happens next. His cancer was so bad he couldn't stand up anymore. He was yelling, angry, angry at God, angry at life, angry at his kids. His daughter-in-law, six months before, had yelled at his wife for two solid days. She had a heart attack and died. He was all alone in his trailer with bone cancer. The doctor gave him only six weeks to live. I shared the gospel. He got angry, so I backed off. Estimated this year by the National Retail Federation of Forecasting for Sales that our economy is doing well. Sales will be up this year a few percent. So holiday sales estimated from now through the end of the year going to be $730 billion, not including car sales. So a lot of shopping going to happen. A lot of things are going to be purchased. We want to look at some things that are more lasting than a gift like that. We're going to look at some things like real peace, Real healing, if you've been hurt in life or if you've hurt somebody, answers for how to bring about reconciliation or answers to bring about healing for you if maybe it's not possible to bring healing to certain relationships. Maybe things are, are not able to be reconciled because somebody in your mind you're thinking about, perhaps they've already passed away, but you're still going to see how you can find tremendous healing here today. You know, Dean Graziosi said it well, our bad mood makes people pay for mistakes they didn't make. You'll see that often in the coming weeks out in the chaos going on in stores. We want to be different though. And if you're having a struggle right now, you're here in the perfect place because we're going to talk about how to overcome that type of wrestling inside. But it does take a call to action. Act. Often, often means action changes things. It's taking action that matters. You know, I've talked to people before. Uh, somebody had mentioned going through depression, and I had mentioned to them, you know, I can handle that in five minutes. Just come and see me. And that was, you know, over a month ago. And it's not that I'm brilliant, but I do know what the answers are. And I've studied with some people that do have tremendous skill and, and learn some of that and ultimately knowing the healing that takes place in Christ. You know, marriage, many people wrestle there and, and trying to counsel people to how they can have a vibrant marriage. But a lot of people listen to the information, but they don't take the action to take the steps necessary. Let's be those, though, who take the steps and, and do things different. Here's a key statement. Remember this, John Rieger said this very well. He said, someone pays 
for every sin committed. Someone pays for every sin committed. Now that may be the person that committed the sin pays for it, or it could be somebody else who was damaged by that sin. And they have to take responsibility for that emotional pain somebody else caused. Now, it may not be fair, but that's the reality. Somebody pays for every sin committed. It may not be the person that committed it. It might be other people that pay. And again, you might be thinking of somebody that did something last week. Somebody else might be thinking of somebody that did something 30 years ago. Whatever that is, though, it may not be fair. But we are going to look at some ways, though, to bring healing even when things are not fair. Ultimately, Christ himself, the innocent lamb, died for the sins of the world. Not fair that he paid for that. But again, in God's economy, Jesus laid down his life for you, for me. And we're going to see some things again. Even when things are not fair, there can be health and vibrancy and joy. So how many sins did you come up with? Nobody knows the answer, but the most common answer is one million. And so the question is, if Jesus took all one million of your sins and my sins to the cross, are you and I willing to assume the emotional pain of the sin another person has caused for our life? Whoever that is coming to mind to you, we're going to look at some ways, again, to radically shift life. 2 Corinthians 9.15, Paul says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Paul is talking here about when people are givers to others, could be giving money, resources, time, kindness. He says when they give to others, that giver is blessed by God. And then people see that blessing, and then God gets glorified more. And so Paul says that's the indescribable gift. Ultimately, that gift is Christ. But it's the gift that keeps multiplying as we follow him. Thanks be to God for that indescribable gift. John Rieger states another key point. There are two types of sin. The first type is the one you can pay for. So consider for a moment the story of Zacchaeus. Remember, he's the short man who was in the tree Jesus says, come down, I'm having dinner with you. Zacchaeus was basically stealing money from people. And in Luke 19, verse 8, we're told, Zacchaeus stood up and said to Jesus, Lord, I now give all my possessions to the poor, and if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. That is an incredibly appropriate response for sins that we can pay for. If you've done you know, damage to somebody's property or stolen money from somebody, to not just pay back, but pay back more than you owe. So if you've stolen $100 and you apologize and you say, you know what, I'm wrong. Here's $150 back. Please forgive me. That's the context of what Zacchaeus did. Not just paying back what he owed, but paying back more. The sins you can pay for. The second, though, are sins that you can't pay for. Things like adultery, emotional abuse, physical abuse, gossip, betrayal, things like that. Now, people try to pay for that second type of sin. You know, you see husbands and wives, toxic relationship, and maybe the husband comes home to apologize and says, here's, here's a ring. But then he goes back to doing 
cruel things. And, and then there's this codependency where there's pain, and then there's a gift, there's the forgiveness, there's pain, the gift, and it keeps this cycle going. There are sins, though, that you can't pay for because they are inside, internal. Again, they may cause pain for decades for somebody. Which brings us back to Phil, the man who was in the trailer. John Rieger writes, after our third visit, I said, God, there's something wrong here. The enemy's constantly interfering and blocking this man's heart. Would you block the enemy? Five minutes later, I was sharing the gospel again. Phil said, you mean it's that simple? He talked about the one million sins he committed while living in New York, how immoral his life had been. He said, God can forgive all those one million sins. I said, yeah. So he prayed to receive Jesus. Then he said, I am just so bitter at everyone. I just can't stand life. Here's the reality. For some people, they give their heart to Jesus, and there is a miracle turnaround where they are completely set free of all chains and bonds. For many others, though, they are set free by Christ from their sin, but then there's a process they have to go through because they have built up pain and hurts and fears and angers and consequences. Phil here is about to see the process laid out before him. His sins are now washed away, but he still has tremendous pain and bitterness. And the truth is, there's many people in churches that gave their heart to Christ, but they have not understood the next steps to become free from pains and hurts. The key is, as Alexander Solnetskin said in the early 1900s, one word of truth outweighs the entire world. Again, that today and in the coming weeks, that each week maybe it's one quote, one verse, one new distinction, one testimony, one principle that you take and I take that you say, you know, that's it. That's what's going to change my life. And you put it into action and you watch as healing takes place at a level you may not have known before. But again, as we say, often it takes a different type of thinking. For instance, consider this man. This is Warren Buffett, net worth $83 billion. Financial expert, business CEO, most probably see him on television. Here's the thing about Warren Buffett. He made a lot of money in stocks. What people don't know, though, is Warren Buffett owns more mobile home parks than anyone else in the world. Why? Because he thinks different. Most people drive by a mobile home park, probably don't even notice it, or don't think about, you know, real value that could be invested there. And Warren Buffett said, you know what, I see tremendous value. He's bought up property coast to coast. He owns more mobile home parks than anyone else, worth $83 billion. Again, why? He thinks differently. He sees things differently. And that different thinking gets him different results. And here's the reality, though. The reality about when we talk about and study together what happens after two weeks? How much do people remember? In two weeks, you remember 10% of what you read. You remember 20% of what you hear. 30% of what you see. 50% of what you see and hear. So talking about it in videos on the screen like we have. 
But here's the key though, you remember 70% of what you discuss. That's why we talk about when you leave here today that you talk with your family, your spouse, whoever it may be and say, you know, I really like that quote or that testimony moved me or that scripture it spoke to me or those questions asked today, did you have an answer and you discuss these things and maybe you stop today and say, you know, that idea that somebody pays for every sin committed and sometimes it's not the person that committed that sin. Is there somebody in your life that's done that to you and you've been carrying around the consequence of that for a long time? Maybe it's stopping to say, you know what? Each of us may look at our life and say there are sins I've committed that can't be paid for. There's no gift that's going to bail us out. How do I bring healing to that? But here's the next stunning thing. 70% of what you discuss you remember, but you remember 90% of what you put into action. Again, what did Jesus say? Don't be a hearer, be a doer. Become a doer, that's where change takes place. Going back to the gentleman here, Phil. John Rieger shares, he was so angry with his daughter-in-law, he couldn't even talk about her. I said, Phil, I want you to pray every day. Lord, I choose to forgive my daughter-in-law for yelling at my wife causing her to die, causing me to feel lonely, rejected, and unloved. I'm willing to pay the emotional pain and consequence my daughter-in-law caused me. I take background given to the enemy through my bitterness, and I yield it to Christ. After some time, he agreed to pray the prayer. The next day, he called and said, I am not bitter at anyone anymore. John Rieger talked about his own challenges with an abusive father, carrying the pain of that for 30 years. And he shares this. And you don't have to remember this whole thing, but listen to the idea of what he's talking about here. And then I'll give you two words you can simply remember outside of uh, this prayer that he speaks about. John Rieger writes, Jesus said, I am willing to go to the cross and pay the penalty for your sin. So when I forgive another person, I'm saying, I'm willing to go to the cross. I'm willing to pay the emotional pain you've caused. I release you from what you've done against me. From this day on, I will pay for the emotional pain that you've caused. Or you can simply repeat as he does on a regular basis, I pay. You see, somebody has to pay for every sin. And when we keep the regrets and the resentments and the anger, we're not free. And when we're wanting them to pay for what they did, sometimes life just is not fair. And when we come to a place and say, you know what, I want to be free, so I'll take the emotional pain it takes to let go of wanting that payment for what they did. And let go of that resentment. You come to a place and say, Jesus, he forgave the one million sins for me. So I'll pay. Doesn't mean for every situation, but for those relationships that matter the most. When you get to a place and say, listen, there's no way for this person that I want to be in relationship with can really pay any more. So I'll pay. 
We're going to see how a couple did that that went through the pain of adultery here in just a moment. But back to John Rieger, he says, two weeks before he died, I went to the home Phil was staying in. His daughter-in-law was visiting. He had a big smile on his face. He had peace. I said, Phil, in heaven, you'll meet a lot of meek Christians there. You're going to say, Jesus, you took my million sins. Thank you. I had a bunch of them with my kids to clean up. I forgave them, and you forgave me. He was the happiest guy. You couldn't believe his face. Smiling from ear to ear. I've often quoted Martin Luther, who said on his calendar, there are two days, today and that day. That day, he said, is when I stand before Christ to give an account for my life. Today is the moment I live in now. And he said, I want to live in this moment now, today, in a way that honors him. So when I stand before him on that day, he will say to me, well done, good and faithful servant. Different thinking, different actions, different life. Thanks be to God, Paul says, for his indescribable gift. Well, let's talk about a couple here in marriage and look at what happens when there's ultimate betrayal in that sense. There was a couple separated. They went to see a counselor. The husband wanted to be reconciled. They'd been separated. But then he told the counselor, what you don't know, and my wife does not know, is that I had an affair while we were separated. And the counselor said, now you have to tell her. He did that. The counselor called the wife after that. Here's what happened next. She said to me, there is no way I can forgive my husband. I will not. She then hung up the phone. Ten days later, they were both in my office together. I asked the husband, tell me what it was like for your wife to learn you had been unfaithful. He replied, she yelled, she punched the wall, she threw furniture. I asked, what would she accept in payment? He said, my wife won't accept anything in payment. She comes from a strict family. Nobody's ever forgiven anyone in all the generations of that family. I asked her what she was willing to accept as payment. You know, Leonard Sweet said it so profoundly. He said, there's no pit so deep God cannot pull you out of it. No loneliness so isolating God cannot reach you. There's no rejection so brutal God cannot bring you back. There's no valley so low God cannot walk you through it. Here is a key exercise. I invite everybody to do this. Write this down. Do it on a regular basis. Do it as many relationships that come to mind. Do it with. Tony Robbins came up with this. It's simply called conscious or effective blaming. And the idea is that we all have people to blame. It would be naive to pretend otherwise. But don't just blame them for the bad things. Blame them for the good things. And you just simply repeat, I blame, fill in their name, for, and fill in the blank. So for instance, Tony Robbins, he said, you know, his mom, she was an alcoholic. I blame my mom for being an alcoholic. She also was physically abusive. I blame my mom for abusing me. As Tony Robbins said, my mom loved me. She also beat me. She got married five times, and some of those men she married were abusive. And as he would share, I blame my mom for toxic relationships and getting married five times. It's naive 
to pretend there's not people to blame. But take your power back by blaming them effectively. Blame them for the wrong, but also blame them for the good things. So as Tony Robbins said, if my mom had been who I wanted her to be, I would not be who I am today. Rather, she was who I needed her to be. And so he would go on and say, I blame my mom for my passion to see people have healthy marriages because I saw the other side. I blame my mom for an inner strength and compassion because I know what it's like to have a lack. And I blame my mom for incredible strength to want to see people set free from pain because I watched so much of it. And you might have a situation, maybe it's your mom, your dad, your husband, your wife, a brother, sister, friend, whoever it may be, and you have blame, and rightly so for the negatives, but also blame them for the good. Because the truth is, you might be a tiger now because of some of the pain that you went through. And you can go back and say, you know what, what they did was wrong. But I also blame them for this internal strength that I've got to stand against the storms of life. And when you do that, then you find freedom. I blame my who it is for what. Come up with three things on the negative side and three things on the positive side. Don't just listen. Do it. Put it into action. You remember 90% of what you do. Let's go back here to the affair. The wife said, you don't understand. This hurts so much. He could give me a million dollars, and I wouldn't pay anything for what he's done. He was staring at the floor. He couldn't even look at his wife. He didn't understand what was going on. She waited till his eyes met hers and said, I choose to pay for the sin you caused me and to be with you for the rest of my life. They burst into tears and fell into each other's arms. She released him, and in releasing him, she got free. They are now marriage counselors, impacting more than 60 lives, helping put marriages back together. And as John Rigger writes, they are also my wife and I's best friends. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. When we give, we are blessed in that giving. Others see that blessing. God is glorified. It multiplies upon itself time and time again indescribable gift Christ there's a beautiful story from World War II where two soldiers they have a fallen comrade they want to bury they see a church with a cemetery they knock on the door they said can we bury our friend here and the man at the door is a priest he says is your friend Catholic and they say no he said I'm sorry this is a Catholic cemetery. He cannot be buried here. Heartbroken, they walk away. He sees the pain in their eyes. He says, stop. I'll tell you what, you can bury your friend here along the fence line. And the priest walked away. And the men buried their friend. They came back a couple of weeks later to say final goodbyes. They couldn't find the grave they rushed to the door and they knocked on it, demanded to know from the priest what happened to where they buried their friend. And the priest said, when you left that night, I couldn't sleep. I got up the next day, I moved the fence line. 
Your friend is now buried inside the cemetery. The promise of that indescribable gift in Christ. As we were outside the gates and His grace, His forgiveness brought us in by His arms of peace and forgiveness and says, welcome into the kingdom life. Live now differently in that life, expressing through your words and your deeds and your actions the indescribable gift of Christ.